Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode here on the Phase 1 podcast. Today we get to talk to the founder of Enlightened Candles, Zanande, and her business is quite young having only started last month on the 15th of July. So in this conversation we'll get to sit down with quite a young entrepreneur and talk about the early stages of the inception of her business. We'll talk about her self-doubt, fear, uncertainty, but also how she managed to work through all these emotions and eventually get her business and her brand established. Stay tuned. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, today we have a special guest all the way from Marty's. Am I saying it right? Is it Marty? Yes, that's how we say it. For the longest time, I thought it was Matey's because like it just sounds better than Marty's. Like you're trying to it sounds like yeah, because it sounds like Smarties. It sounds like something is missing. Matey sounds like, yes, I'm actually something. Marty sounds like it's a little bit confused as to its origin and everything. But you know what? It sounds, it sounds very Afrikaans. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. Okay, maybe maybe that's why it doesn't sound right in my ears. Because it just, it, obviously the language thing. But I mean, I guess it's it's a cultural yeah. thing. It's a Stellenbosch thing. You guys are proud of it. And that's all that's important. <laughs> Um, so thank you so much for being here again. So excited to have you. And, um, I know on on this pretty Sunday afternoon, I'm pretty sure the weather in Stellenbosch is just as amazing, but you know, it's lovely. Everything is always 10 times better that side. But anyways, let's not go there. (laughs) Um, let's start with you. Tell us about you, who are you and what you're studying and all of that. Oh, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> Where do I even begin? Um, just if we're keeping it to basics, my name is Ananda Ndumundwana, and I'm a third-year student here at Stellenbosch University. Yes, Matis represent. Um, I'm studying a BA in language and culture, which is nothing like it, more like what it sounds. It's basically English literature and applied English, which is um, social linguistics. Um, and yeah, I have a blog for my writing creativity, and then I have a business for my entrepreneurial interests. Um, the name of my business is Candles Enlighten. Um, yeah, I must say when I when I looked at your. Uh, when I looked at your page, it says the Zen experience. Honestly, that is the coolest thing ever. Just like the play on your name, the play on the words. It's honestly the coolest thing ever. So big ups to you for that. Um, Thank you. So let's start with the business. When did you start your business and what got you that, uh, or what got you into that entrepreneurial um, interest? Okay, so if I'm taking it to the very beginning, it was um, at the beginning of the year and I just, I had bought a candle and it was vanilla scented, but, and I loved it so much, but when I went back to get another one at the shop that I went to, they didn't have it anymore and they just had different scents and I was like, oh man, this really sucks, I want this exact same scent. so then I thought maybe I should just make my own, <laughs> but that was just an idea and it was supposed to be just for myself and nothing came of it. But that's when um, the candle thing started, the whole candle spark just started. And then 
I thought maybe this is a good venture. Obviously, I was so nervous. Where do I start? What, yeah. is, what does this entail? All that, you know, just overwhelmed. Um, so I started with what people actually end off with. I started with the logo. <laughs> I created the logo, created the name, the slogan as an experience. And I just kept that in my phone for the longest of time, like months passed by. I really? forgot about it at some point. Yes. And it was just there in my phone, just chilling. Um, and then at the beginning of July, I thought, you know, perhaps I should do something about this. Maybe this is the time. Um, you never know when the time is right, you know. Yeah. There's no person to push you or some grand cosmic sign that's going to tell you this is it you sort of have to decide for yourself that you know the time's right and i think the reason why i held back on it was i was waiting for something outside of myself to, mm. to show me that the time was right but that's like a common misconception that no one's coming <laughs> it's all up to you so um when i realized that in july i decided you know what let's start and then I set a launch date so that I could finish everything. Um, the process started, um, the trial and error, which was so stressful. Um, and yeah, by the 15th of July, I launched my business and it was received so positively by everyone. And it's just, it's been received in a way I could never have imagined. It's just been wonderful, really. Sure, that's that's such a beautiful journey. But I I really like the fact that you you were kind of trying to be calm about it and not overthink it. And I think most people would say, you know, go start and think about make a little business plan or think about the pros and cons of doing it. But you decided to not overwhelm yourself with so much at once, yeah. and you just started simple with just getting a logo, getting the name, and what what you want your brand to look like. What do you want people to see it as? You know, when you start advertising it, which I think was, um, I don't know, I think that was pretty cool and quite different. Also, the fact that you you had it, you created it and you kept it until you realized you kind of kept thinking about it. Because I think sometimes maybe you do need some time to just like let it settle and see if the idea kind of comes back to you asking you, you know, what are we doing now? Then you, it's almost that like internal confirmation that, yes. It's continued because it's coming back to you. Almost that thing of, you know, if you really like something, let it go. And if it's meant to be, it'll come back. And I guess it's not just with people, but it's with ideas and certain things that we think about all the time. Um, now, I want to actually go back to, you know, when you started feeling a bit nervous and a little bit stressed out. Um, now, this is before you actually even start anything launching. Because I know a lot of people go through that period where they feel like no one's going to understand what they're trying to go through. They're, they're experiencing a lot of emotions, a lot of self-doubt. What if um, this fails? Um, and just being nervous and scared of the whole process. I, I think fear can be such an overpowering emotion. And I want to find out from you how you slowly unpacked that, because I think for a lot of people, that's where they stop. And um, for, as a fair point, I mean, your mind is trying to protect you from the unknown because you don't know what's going to happen yeah. if you try this venture. So I want to know from your perspective, how did you work through all those different emotions and then eventually just decide I'm going to do it? Yeah. So um, like I said at the beginning, this really just started as me trying to find the same scent that I had of a random candle I bought. So 
even though I wasn't really doing anything about the business, I was doing things about my candle making skills. So I would just be making candles like for myself, you know, and that was sort of my trial and error period. And I think the longer you chill in that trial and error period, the more confident you become because then you don't have to worry about will my product be received positively in its quality because you're 100% sure that it will. You're very confident in your product. And then that, that portion of stress sort of falls away. And all you have to worry about then is, you know, the nitty-gritties of it all and all that kind of stuff. So I think do as much as you can and then whatever you can't control, then that's the only thing you have to stress about because a lot of people will stress about things that they actually can do something about. You know what I mean? Like the making of the candles is something a person who would want to go into the business would, you know, worry about. But if you invest so much time in that, then at the end of the day, that's not something you have to think about and stress about. And there you go. One stress already down. You just have to take it one step at a time. Just, yeah, you eat an elephant piece by piece. Yeah. Sure. So that's actually yeah. something that I never really thought about. The fact that, you know, if something stresses you, spend time with it. I think that fear is probably mm-hmm. an indication of you you want this to work. Or Sena, with what you're saying with your with your candle making skills, you want that relationship of you making candles to work. So you're gonna spend more time working on it. And the more you work on it, the more you'll be more confident about it and you won't have to really think about it too much which is something that really makes sense and i think a lot of people or what i've noticed that nowadays in the culture is just start feel the fear do it anyways which in some regards yes do it but i think with what you're saying it makes more sense that you need to sit down with yourself and what are you afraid of let's can you can you try and kind of reduce that by um, mastering that skill mastering that relationship with whatever it is that you're doing which is something that is I don't think a lot of people think about. I think that's that's a brilliant way of looking at, at it, actually. Um, so now, after that process of um, mastering the skill and now actually wanting to do it, and even before that, I'm sure you would have noticed. Um, you know, I think candles are a growing aesthetic. They've been there for quite a for quite a while, and everyone is. There's a lot of people that are making candles, and it's it's something that's almost become a bit saturated. Um, so what, what were you thinking about when you said, I'm going to enter into this market? Um, I know there are quite a variety of brands out there, but what am I going to do to make my brand stand out? Um, and also, um, another question, I guess, is, did you speak to anyone about starting this and did anyone kind of bring that up and how would you respond to questions like that? Mm. So it's actually quite funny. I didn't tell anyone about it. Um, literally I kept it to myself throughout the whole year. Nobody knew what I was doing. Um, it was just a me thing. And I think a big part of that was if I fail, I don't want anyone to know, which is such a toxic thing if you think about it. Mm. But, um, I was just so afraid of anyone who I would have potentially told to know if it didn't work out. So I just wanted to keep it to myself until I was really 100 percent sure there's no way this is failing kind of thing so nobody i didn't really have these conversations with anyone you know Mm. um uh okay so how do i make my business stand out that is 
Um, I, like, as the um, slogan says, it's, I'm not just selling you a candle. I'm literally selling you an experience, you know, um, because even though it's just vanilla scented, I, it's not just any plain vanilla. I put some of uh, my own scents in it. So it's not just this um, homogenous candle that you would get in a store mm. or just something that's, you know, it's not as black and white, I feel. It's not as black and white as other candle companies um, make it out to seem. And I'm literally just selling you an experience where it's not just, oh, I want my room to smell pretty, but oh, it's I want my room to smell pretty and I want to be in this moment and I want to take it all in and I want to feel calm after a really rough day. So the candle is a lot more than just a regular candle. Yeah, and that's a brilliant way of marketing a product where it's not just a commodity, it's it's an experience, it's a part of you that you're sharing with the customers. And on that note, I know that you did say earlier on that you did have the the candle business that you have represents the entrepreneurial side of you, but was that entrepreneurial side always there or was it something that sort of kind of sparked recently when you decided to get into this venture? Um, I feel like it's always been there, mostly motivated by my mother, who is also an entrepreneur, actually. Um, so I feel like it's always been there, uh, usually over holidays, especially during high school. I'd just be trying like some new way to make money, like baking muffins or mm. making popcorn. So it's just always been there because uh, I am obsessed with financial independence. So whatever way I can to um, make money for myself and just not have to depend on anyone else for things that I could be doing for myself. That's always been, you know, quite motivating. And I feel like I've had this in me for so long, but this is definitely the biggest I've ever went. Sure. So at least I, I, I guess you've had that kind of support and seeing how it's done and that kind of influence, which really does help. And I guess from, I guess, you growing up in that environment, would you say that entrepreneurship is something that you also have to perfect and master in a formal school environment? Or And now also speaking from your experience, do you feel like it's something that is best learned through experience? I think it's something best learned through experience because... Um, I don't really have any experience with, you know, business stuff, <laughs> except for business studies in high school, which is not really mine. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's a very logical thing. You know, you don't have to overthink it. It's quite logical. And it's, it's like I said, it's a trial and error process. It takes a while. Like you be, you have to be willing to invest so much of your time and so much of yourself because, I mean, of course you could take the academic route and, you know, look at textbooks and all that kind of stuff. But I, I didn't choose that route um, because that was just my preference. But it's just, I don't think you really need any um, academic experience or guidance in order for you to be able to do something like this. You just, it's quite logical 
or maybe I'm just saying that because maybe business comes naturally to me, mm. but I genuinely don't think that it's that big of a deal if you don't have any um, academic background. Um, it's just really something that it's quite logical and it comes from you and yeah. And that's so true. Sometimes you have to just keep things logical and simple. And I think some the business complexities usually come in when you start overthinking things and just trying to just overcompensate for things that are not there. You know, when you're like over trying to block any potential to like fail or for things to go wrong, if you just keep it simple and do things one thing at a time, then I guess um, you'll realize that it's really not that bad. Um, but now you're in third year and as someone who is, okay, well, I'm in my fourth year and school is pretty wild, but also accounting yeah. is just, your guys, it's a very emotional journey. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone <laughs> unless you're serious about it. But um, I'm sure in third year, there's a lot of work that you have to do. And I know with what you're studying, there's a lot of reading, there's a lot of writing, a lot of assignments. How are you able to balance the two to, you know, still be able to make your candles, go and look out for your, your products, uh, well, not look out for them, but go shopping and get everything that you need to sustain your business, running your social media, um, and also kind of just keeping your personal life. Like you, do, like you said, you have a blog and you write and you do all sorts of things and just, you know, resting. How do you balance all of that? That is a really tough question because... I feel like I'm the lucky few who just never feel that overwhelmed with all my responsibilities. And I think that's because I divide my work up very, like very well. So um, I wouldn't, it takes, it is a quite, it's a really long process to make candles, but it feels a, a lot less overwhelming if you break it up. So maybe today I'll label the jars and then tomorrow I'll mount the wax. You know what I mean? Mm. So if I do it in like that, then I just have to spend a, like maybe an hour max a day. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's obviously uh, something, it, it gets tricky sometimes, but never too overwhelming, especially if you really enjoy what you're doing. I think it gets a bit hard the minute something starts to feel like a chore. So with my writing, for example, I don't feel like that's something, it doesn't feel like a task, you know, it doesn't feel mm. like a task, which means it's, it's not that difficult to do um, because you're just enjoying yourself, you know, and obviously you have to keep things fun. I don't just, you know, make my concoctions and just melt the wax like some in a lab coat or anything. You have to play music. You have to be in it, you know? And it's not, you're not only just melting the candles. That could also be your time to just, you know, be with yourself. So now that's where it comes in of um, how do I take time for myself? That is time for myself, mm. you know, because I'm doing something I enjoy. I'm dancing in my room, I'm playing music, I'm just having a ton of fun with myself. So a task shouldn't really feel like a chore. If it's if it's something that you have to do on a regular basis, you have to find a way to incorporate it and make it something that's not just a dragging chore. Mm. So you have to be very into it, I think. 
And that is that is actually a very good strategy to get things done because there are certain things that you have to do that are inevitable. And if you attach a negative connotation to that, it's going to be so draining. And that's literally me with half of the things that I do. Like I was doing an accounting assignment now. And honestly, guys, it's, it's the most mundane, stressful task. But I guess with what you're saying, you need to create an environment where you actually begin to enjoy it because at the end of the day, you still have to do it. So there's no point exactly. in, in making and like adding to that boringness and to that like emptiness that you kind of get from it, which is, I think, again, like I said, a very, very smart way of getting things done. And to be realistic, you're not always, it's not always going to be fun. You know, some days are better than others and some days are just not. But I think on a general, uh, like on a general talking term, um, just try to make things fun for yourself. But there will be days where, you know, it's not fun and you only doing it because you have to. Mm. And those days are real. And I feel like people need to be aware that those days will come. And maybe the strategy won't work then, but you know, this is, I'm just, I just want to make people aware that this overly positive thing is not that realistic. There's going to be times where you don't want to, but you will because you have to. But on a regular day where you're feeding yourself, just make it fun. And I guess that day where everything is going well, you need to also embrace it and appreciate it because you know that there are days that will come when things are pretty tough. But that being said, do you believe in having balance of everything that you do? Or do you feel that sometimes one thing might suffer when you have to kind of, why you're excelling in one thing? Or do you think that you can create that overarching balance in your life? I think a balance is definitely possible, you know? Um, well, at least for me, I'm just speaking from my own um, perspective here, but I do think that a balance is definitely possible. Um, 24 hours is really not enough. You're <laughs> right? Oh, my word. <laughs> um, but uh, just, oh, man, I think my balance comes from my ability to space out my tasks. So... I will work maybe for two hours today and then dedicate uh, an hour to candles and then dedicate 30 minutes to writing. It's just a matter of breaking up your time and just sharing yourself across all your priorities. That way things don't seem a lot overwhelming and things just feel a bit lighter because you're breaking up your tasks. Like I said, I feel like this is my philosophy. You know, you eat an elephant piece by piece. No matter how big it is, just break it up. And next thing you know, everything's complete. Because if you look at an entire elephant, that is extremely overwhelming, like extremely overwhelming. So you have to just break things down, which can be difficult. But yeah. I mean, I think the more you do something, the more you become comfortable with it and you continue to master that way of doing things. Um, but looking back at how much you've been able to do since the 15th of July, I think you said. Um, how, I guess now that the business is 
is booming and you're doing things, I'm sure there are moments where things do get a little bit stressful. I'm sure you have moments where you are kind of scared that something might go wrong. Do you, have you maybe changed that philosophy that um, you don't include people unless you're sure something is going to fully work? Do you think that moving onwards, if you have any new ventures that you might try, do you think that you would now tell or be more open about what you're doing with people that you obviously trust, not just like any random person. Do you feel that maybe things could have gone a bit better had I opened up to some people? Or do you think that to a certain extent, um, people must keep things to themselves until they are fully convinced and then they can go ahead and share it? Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise anyone to do that if they don't want to, because that's just my strategy and a lot of it is not even a logical thing it's just a defense mechanism <laughs> because like i said the big reason why i do that is not because i don't trust the people in my life or you know i don't want the support it's just that i'm afraid that if it doesn't work out then i'm gonna have to tell you know whoever i told that hey remember that thing it didn't work out and i don't know <laughs> i'm so afraid of um failing that I just I don't want to do it in front of people mm. and that's obviously something that I have to work on because that's not a great way to look at things because you're gonna fail at something in life you know you're not always going to excel at everything um but I think I um might be open to you know letting people into my um ventures it is a bit stressful for me to do that, but I think it's something that I should do because sometimes when, you know, something's going really wrong, like the, the wax is melting, <laughs> it's just not taking shape. I need to be able to call somebody yeah. and just have a cry, but I can't do that because I couldn't do that in my trial and error process because I had told nobody, nobody mm. knew what it was going through. And it's really tough. It's really tough. But, you know, I would have, I think things would have been better mentally for me if I had actually included somebody. So, yeah, I think that's something I should actually consider doing a lot more. Yeah, but it's, I must agree that it's definitely a very um, tricky area though, because I'm someone who, if I'm going to tell someone and I, and I usually ask people about the things that I want to do, I'm someone that I can't just take what I need to hear or I can't just let someone tell me their opinion. I'm waiting to hear what I want to hear. And so exactly. like in that moment, I get a little bit hostile and abrasive with the person. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you don't care about me. You don't want to support me like whatever. But at the same time, if you, if you're going to someone asking for advice, you need to be able to hear what they're going to say based on their perspective and based on what they believe in. At the end of the day, you take all those different bits of information and opinions, and then you make a final decision. So I think with approaching people with ideas, it's going to be one of those things. And I, I think I've also thought about, you know, should I just not tell people? Because I think what I've learned as well is that when you have a vision that you are trying to implement. It is something that you are seeing from the inside. No one else can see that until you actually um, pluck up the courage to do it so that people can, so that you bring it into fruition, then people can see what you're doing. So I think it's always going to be one of those things where you just, it's a gray area, I think. And I think everyone deals with that, sharing their own ideas, because that's also pretty vulnerable, a, quite a vulnerable thing for yeah. a person to do. 
like you're sharing your thoughts. Mm. And it kind of feels like contamination, like letting people into your unfinished idea. And it just feels like they're probing a little bit. I know they mean well, you know, but a vision, nobody can really understand a vision the same way that you do. Yeah. And uh, just having to explain yourself or having to uh, put yourself bare because it, it's it's something so internal and I'm not sure if I have the ability to share something like that with somebody because they'd have to be in my mind to get yeah. and uh-huh. since they can't do that it's going to be very hard for them to relate to me or to see what I'm trying to show them exactly it's very hard and i think the word that you use contamination that's perfect because you also end up doubting and questioning yourself like you know this person said this can i really do this but at the same time it also pushes you to um think about what you're doing thoroughly and refine your thoughts and improve on things but that's only if you are in a position to receive and admit and then you know make the necessary adjustments that you need to make um so your business is pretty early, early, it's pretty young, goodness, look at that English, (laughs) your business is pretty young, and you have just started, what do you think is the next big step for your business? Wow, I actually haven't thought of that, because I feel like this is big on it, (laughs) it really is though, (laughs) but um, I've really been looking into ex- expanding my scent range and my size range. So oh, yes, I think, please. I think that's what, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, the vanilla is, for me, what makes, you know, the whole thing. So it's going to be very, it's going to take a lot for me emotionally to actually give other scents a chance. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah it's just yeah i think that's what's next for candles and lighting that's pretty exciting but like i would definitely appreciate bigger candles because mine is already finished so um i would 100 percent love (laughs) bigger (laughs) bigger candles but um i i fully understand that you know vanilla is what starts all of this so that might be a bit of a difficult one but um how can the listeners order your product and get in touch with you and also maybe have a look at your blog and read all the things that you're all about? Um, I'm very Instagram based. I have a personal page on my Instagram, which is where you can find my blog. It's Zen underscore Ndwana. Um, And then for my candle business, I have a separate page. It's called candle uh, candles underscore enlighten. Um, all the details are there. It's a very easy process. You just shoot me a DM, and then you choose your delivery option. You send your proof of payment, and then I ship your lovely candle to you. <laughs> so yeah, it's quite an easy process. And they're so good. Like I, I bought two, one for myself and one for my dad, and I'm considering stealing my dad's one, but. Anyways, we'll see how that works out. I can't say that on a Sunday. <laughs> but um, anyways, the candles are amazing, guys. Highly recommended. Um, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was absolutely enlightening. <laughs> see what I do there? <laughs> yeah, kids. That might be my favorite joke yet. <laughs> I had to. It was just like right there. 
<laughs> but yeah, thank you so much again for making the time. amazing and i'm actually leaving with so much considering letting people more into my things so this was a very um co-beneficial conversation should i say thank you so much for listening please make sure to subscribe onto the podcast and follow us on instagram and interact with us let us know which of the interviews has been your favorite so far and if you'd like to recommend someone or yourself do let us know on the instagram page thank you so much and have a great day